how much do you know about your brain? The more we know about our brains, the more we can manage feelings and everything that comes from that. Today on Feed, Play, Love, teaching kids about their brains. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. How much do you know about your brain, how it works, what it needs to be healthy? Karen Young is a parenting educator and children's book author. Her latest book is called Dear You, Love From Your Brain, and it's all about teaching kids how to look after their brain. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hello. I'm well, thank you. Good to be here. You've written a lot um, in the past about anxiety, both for parents and also you've written books that help children understand it. What made you decide to write a book about a brain? That's where it all starts. And I think if we can understand what's going on in that powerhouse on our shoulders, which is which is everything, the less scary, the less um, confusing everything that we humans do is, and the more, the, the less we're likely to get swamped by things that just feel mysterious and big and frightening sometimes. So the more we understand about how it works, the more children can put the things they do into context, the more they can be free to feel and feel okay about all the things they feel um, and everything that comes from that. Now, this is a beautiful picture book. Um, It's not teaching your child to be a neuroscientist. So, So how do you break it down so that it's effective what they're learning and that it's, I guess, simple? I've tried to turn the light on to some mysterious things. So the first thing we talk about is how behaviours are built in the brain. So kids will look at other kids and go, why are they so good at that? and I'm not, or why is this taking me so long to learn? And it can be really easy to give up or just give ourselves a hard time. Even as grown-ups, we do that. The book starts with explaining how behaviours are built in the brain and why none of us were born able to do things well. And we all end up being good at different things, but it's about the experiences we have along the way and how much we expose our brain to those experiences um, and build the capacity to do that. So it just gives context to things. So rather than kids, you know, beating themselves up because they're not good at something, they can look at it and go, oh, okay, now I understand why. And if I want to be good at it, that's okay. This is what I do and, and this is how we go about that. So it just takes the mystery away. And then we talk about feelings and behaviours and how all feelings are okay, but you've got to be careful because when with feelings, they can sometimes drive us to do things that can get us into trouble. And it just talks about that. So again, for kids who might get really angry sometimes or go into big tears and then they come out of it going, you know, you know give, again, giving themselves a hard time, we shine the light on that and go, well, that's okay. This happens to everybody sometimes and this is what's happening and this is what you can do to have these feelings. We don't want to stop feelings, but to have feelings um, in a way that works for you and the people around you a bit better. You also talk about what the brain needs. Mm. What does the brain need, Karen? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Brains love sleep, Ah. so we talk about them. 
brains love exercise. And one of the ways to think of it is brains are like a muscle. And just like we need to move our bodies, whenever we move our bodies, our brains love it. It gets all the chemicals. So the book talks about the chemicals in the brain and why that's important. It's really important to eat some good things. There are certain things that certain foods that brains love and when we eat them brains will pay us back big time and you know we've eating still got to be fun so it doesn't even have to do the good stuff all the time but we just just speckle them in so it's just to make kids aware that the things they do in their everyday which doesn't feel like it's for brains movement eating well sleep doesn't feel like it's for brains but it's really important to keep your brain healthy mindfulness is another one i am so curious to know what are the foods that make my brain work better? Because I feel like that's what I need to eat at about three o'clock in the afternoon, just when <laughs> my energy is starting to sag. Um, so what are the kinds of foods that are good for our brain? Brains love pretty much all unprocessed food, but some favourites are oily fish, things like salmon or tuna, and from a tin is fine. Avocado, berries, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries. Um, so, but, but really anything unprocessed, brains are going to love. I'm really curious about something like habitual thinking. So, mm. you know, as adults, we can catch ourselves having repetitive negative thoughts about our abilities to do things like we say to ourselves, I can't do this, or I'm not yeah. smart enough, those sorts of things. Do kids form habitual thinking as well? Absolutely. And that's another thing that the book explains is, is in the same way when you do something over and over, it starts to feel automatic, you get better and better at it, thoughts are the same. So when you have thoughts over and over, they start to feel more automatic and it feels like truth. So when you say to yourself, if you say to yourself a lot, I can't do this or going to school is scary or whatever it is, it starts to feel like truth. But that's more about um, it forming a really strong pathway. It's got nothing to do with how capable you are or how or what you can actually do and everything to do with a strong thought pathway. Um, so we need to be really careful with the thoughts we think as well. And it's really hard to stop thinking bad thoughts, what we can do is um, replace them as much as we can with thoughts that feel good for us and feel better for us, but be really deliberate about that. There's been a lot of talk uh, about the growth mindset, and mm. it seems to me as an adult that's quite a challenging, challenging thing to introduce in your life as an adult if you haven't been yeah. used to, to thinking that way. Does that, yeah. is that why it's even more important to try and instill it in our kids now so that mm. it's more natural to them when they're older. Yeah, and it's more about being deliberate about where we put our, our energy and where we put our head in terms of our thoughts because everything matters and everything makes a difference. So if we start thinking, I'm no good at this, I'm just not, of course, our behaviour is going to follow that and we're more likely to give up and less likely to ask for help, less likely to go to keep trying at things that feel hard. Whereas if kids can understand how thoughts happen in the brain and how what we do comes from what we think, then they have greater capacity to interrupt that cycle. And we also talk about how things, when you start doing them, feel clumsy at first and feel awkward. So you might start thinking thoughts about, 
I just can't do it yet or I know I can do hard things and it's going to feel clumsy. It's like riding a bike for the first time. But that's how that's how behaviours and thoughts happen in the brain. Um, so we talk a bit about that. What impact do you think this kind of book can have? What we want to do is make, in the same way we we work to make kids deliberate about how they treat their bodies, what they put into their bodies, how their bodies can work for them. Um, we want to do that with their brains as well. One of the things I want to do is also start really important conversations in really safe ways. So conversations about feelings and what I do when I feel big feelings or what I do when I'm scared. We start to talk about how addiction happens in the brain. We talk about it with lollies and screen time in the book. Um, that's how we can talk to kids about it. Mm. But it all can, it can feed into bigger conversations with older kids about how addiction happens. So all we can do is give them the information and start those conversations really early. The earlier we start them, the safer and more, I suppose, normal or just by the way, those conversations are going to be when they're older. I'm also hoping that it will normalise or soften the things that can make kids feel shame or guilt or isolated. So kids who might get really angry and not understand it, kids who might get really anxious and not understand it. And by having these conversations, I'm hoping, and and by opening up the conversation, I'm hoping that they can see that we all do this stuff and it's okay. And we can grow around this. And, and while we never want to stop feeling, we always want to feel um, it takes practice and it takes lots of experience to actually be able to manage those feelings so they don't land us in trouble or, or lead into really big behaviour. And that's okay. And the, the safer we make it, the easier it will be for them to have the really important conversations, not just now, but when they're older as well. Karen, you, all your books are fantastic, but this one in particular, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. That's Karen Young. She's a parenting educator and you'll find links to her book, Dear You, Love From Your Brain, in the notes of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes, plus we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at feedplaylove at listener.com. Bye for now.